Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local and like to join in on our discussion today, please dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to join in on our discussion. It's 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just I just wave to you. In addition to that, we are being streamed live from Save the Loss at All Costs website. And our website is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, I did upload them. You can go to www.savethelosslv.org. Look for the link that has our radio archives. Click onto that and you can listen to anything that you've missed or as the Spirit leads you. Again, the gospel is free on our watch. We have a lot of resources. So I hope that you spend some time there and share that information with others. If you have a Apple device, we are being archived on iTunes for free as well. Again, the gospel is still free on our watch. If you have a cell phone, most of us do, you can listen to KKVV anytime you like. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. It only works in the United States. I'm going to give you the number twice. You can listen to KKVV 1060 AM or 100.1 FM. The phone number is 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. I strongly encourage you to make it one of your cell phone contacts. It will be one of the best contacts that you have and share it with others. So we are closing out a four-part series on faith. We've done one, two, and three, and this is the final part. And our topic today is speak to the mountain. Again, our topic today is speak to the mountain. So we are going to go to Hebrews 11. And I want to make sure that we lay the foundation about faith. So we look at verse 1. And then we're going to look at verse 6. Again, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And then I'm going to look at verse 6. I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says this, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 6, what chapter 11, the Word of God says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I'd like to share some commentary and then we're going to move on again. Today we're talking about Speak to the Mountain and we're closing out a four-part series and this is the fourth and final part. So the Word of God um, has been spoken in verse 1 and verse 6 in Hebrews 11. So let's look at some commentary here. It says for verse 1, verse 1, excuse me, Do you remember how you felt when you were very young? And your birthday approached. You were excited and anxious. You knew you would certainly receive gifts and other special treats. But some things would be a surprise. Birthdays combine assurance and anticipation. And so does faith. Faith is the confidence based on past experience that God's new and fresh surprises will surely be ours. The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who he says. The end point is believing in God's promises. He will do what he says. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises, even though we don't see those promises materializing yet, we demonstrate true faith. And in reference to verse 6, believing that God exists is only the beginning. Even the demons believe that much. We find that in James chapter 2 verses 19 and 20. God will not settle for mere acknowledgement of his existence. He wants your faith that leads to a personal dynamic relationship. But does faith make sense really? Do you believe because faith makes sense or because faith doesn't need to make sense? Some Christians think people cannot understand God and should not try. Others believe that nothing true is irrational including true faith. That truth is God gave us minds that should be developed and used to ignore intellectual growth is to live a stunted and naive life. God wants our trust and faith even while we ponder and wonder about so many matters mysterious to us. Even so, we do not believe in a void nor leap into the dark. Faith is reasonable, though reason alone cannot explain the whole of it. So use your mind to think things through, but leave room for the unexplainable works of God. Sometimes we wonder about the fate of those who haven't heard of Christ and have not even had a Bible to read. God assures us that all who honestly seek him, who act in faith on the knowledge of God that they possess will be rewarded. When you tell others the gospel, encourage them to be honest and diligent in their search for truth. Those who hear the gospel are responsible for what they have heard. We find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. So, we are going to go over to 1 Timothy and we're going to look at chapter 4 and we're going to look at verse 16. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 and the word of God says this take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you now our commentary says this we must be on constant guard against falling into sin that can so easily destroy us yet we must watch what we believe doctrine just as closely 
Wrong beliefs can quickly lead us into sin and heresy. We should be on guard against those who would persuade us that how we live is more important than what we believe. We should keep a close watch on both, staying true to the faith. So now, we're going to go over to Speak to the Mountain. We are looking at Mark chapter 11, and we are going to look at verse 22 and 23. I'm going to try to get to 24. I will speak it to you. So, I will speak the scriptures Mark 22, 23, and 24. I want to spend time in uh, verse 23. So, I'm going to try to get to verse 24 as the Spirit leads us. And the Word of God says this, Mark 11, verse 22. So, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. All right. So we looked at Mark verses 11, chapter 11, verses 22, 23, and 24. So let's start breaking that down a little bit. I want to share the commentary and then want to have a further discussion. So the commentary for Mark 11, 23, and 24 reads as such. The kind of prayer that moves mountains is prayer for the fruitfulness of God's kingdom. It would seem impossible to move a mountain into the sea. So Jesus used that illustration to show that God can do the impossible. God will answer your prayers, but not as a result of your positive mental attitude. Other conditions must be met. Number one, you must be a believer. Number two, you must not hold a grudge against another person. Three, you must not pray with selfish motives. Four, your request must be for the good of God's kingdom. To pray effectively, you need faith in God, not faith in the object of your request. If you focus only on your request, you will be left with nothing if if your request is refused. Jesus, our example, prayed, all things are possible for you. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Our prayers are often motivated by our own interests and desires. We like to hear that we can have anything, but Jesus prayed with God's interest in mind. When we pray, we can express our desires, but should want his will above ours. Check yourself to see if your prayers focus on your interests or God's. So, let's keep looking here. And I think I want to take you to another scripture. And then we'll come back and have a wonderful discussion about it. So, it's important that we lay a foundation so that we can uh, 
really understand what God's purpose is for us concerning our faith. And again, we're talking about speak to the mountain. So we are going to look at Romans chapter 10. And there's a verse in there that we need to look at. So if you can turn over to Romans chapter 10, that would be great. And we're going to look at verse 17. And the word of God says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so now the first thing we did is we went to Hebrews chapter 11. We looked at verses 1 and 6 to make sure we understood what faith was biblically and that a condition of faith is that um, it's impossible to please God without it. And then from there, we went over to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16. And it cautions us about how uh, we are to relate to the doctrine of God, the word of God, and making sure that we're not falling into a practice where we are being deceived. Because when we are deceived, guess what? We deceive others. Um, and Timothy is being Exhorted to by the Apostle Paul at that particular time. So it speaks to leadership because Paul was uh, concluding his assignment. Soon he would be executed and he needed to make sure that Timothy understood that it's not enough to watch others. You too need to watch yourself because if you're not watching yourself and how you relate to the word then you can be deceived and subsequently in your leadership, you will deceive others. So when you're put in a place of leadership, uh, you cannot be lazy or get comfortable because it's about souls. We are in the soul saving business and we don't save souls for ourselves. We encourage those to have a relationship with God Almighty so that they can taste and receive eternal salvation. So be very, very careful when you find yourself in a position of leadership, especially when it comes to doing God's work. So that was what uh, 1 Timothy 4, uh, 16 was talking about. Then we come over to Mark chapter 11, and we look at verses 22, 23, and 24. And the first thing uh, Jesus tells uh, his disciples is that they have to have faith in God and not just acknowledge his existence. See, God is sovereign, so he doesn't need us to acknowledge his existence. He exists all by himself, whether we acknowledge it or not. So it's not enough to say, well, I know that there's a God. Uh, unbelievers know that. And even... um It was alluded in uh, the book of James. Even demons know that God exists. So 
it's not uh, enough to acknowledge an existence. God is requiring a relationship based on trust, based on truth, based on integrity. See, you don't spend time with that that you don't believe in. Uh, you don't have relationships with that that surface. It's required. It's intimacy. And it's not based on other people's opinions or lack of an opinion. It is very serious, intimate dedication, trust, and it is a constant Relation. It's not a broken fellowship with God. It is constant. It is ongoing. It is growing. It is strengthening. It is eternal. So it's nothing like it. It's transformative. It's divinely supernatural. It's not surface. So it starts with a desire to want to have a relationship. It's important. Your actions definitely will speak louder than your words. And God will not be mocked. He knows who are his and who aren't. And we went to uh, Romans and we looked at Romans uh, 10 verse 17. And talked about faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you do not acknowledge God, if you don't have uh, a relationship with him, then what is it that you're hearing? You're not in a position to hear from God, let alone the word of God. Our ears work. They have a function and a purpose. When we're talking about hearing the word of God, it is not just a physical hearing. It is supernaturally divine in nature. So you have to understand there's something more than just uh, something being audible because you would be transformed. You would really come into relationship with him. You would really come into fellowship with him. And it's not about a ritualistic practice where you meet on a certain day at a certain time with certain people and no disrespect to um, houses of the Lord. Because the Lord's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. Prayer. Faith is required when you're praying. When you're speaking to God. It's the language that he says is his official language to speak to him. And it's about his will for our life. He is all righteous. He is the epitome of truth. That's what righteousness is. It's God's truth. He is truth personified so when we're praying we're tapping into his character and that there's nothing impossible to him he is our creator we are his creation there are some things that can be explained but then there are those that are unexplainable and that's where he is. He's in the details. It's amazing. It's riveting. It's nothing like it. But it requires something of us. Again, our actions speak louder than our words. 
And God is not interested in vain repetition. People listen to the word of God all the time. This is a wonderful radio station. It is solely for the purpose of the word of God and the things of God. It is definitely kingdom minded. And there are those who listen to program after program. There are those who attend service after service. There are those who read scripture after scripture. And sometimes we find ourselves like, what is going on? Because there's no spiritual growth. There's no transformation. There's a lot of fighting and jealousy and violence towards believers for those who profess to be believers. The disciples were dealing with just that. When we were looking at Mark 10 and verses 22, 23, and 24. Imagine if you will. Now, soon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would be leaving the disciples. He had to come to fulfill the prophecy. Be his death, burial, and resurrection. And soon his ascension. He had to make sure that his disciples were ready for the task at hand. Because he was going back to his rightful place. With the father in heaven. Sitting on his right side. It's important men and women of God. In a season called now. That your faith is perfected. That it is ready. We are living in perilous times. So for the context. Of what was going on at the time. Rome was against the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples. There were even some believers that were against the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples. You had priestly leadership that was against Christ and his disciples. Here you have, and then you had some disciples that may have had some problems with each other. So you have all this going on. And the seven churches must be established. And then to know that Christ was leaving. And that soon he wasn't going to be with them. He had to make sure that they were fortified and they were ready. So he used the illustration about speaking to the mountain. There are some mountains in our lives. There are some things that seem unsurmountable. But nothing is impossible with God. That's what he was letting them know. There's nothing. Yes, you will have attacks. There will be sickness. There will be violence. There will be those who say that they're with you and they were never with you. 
there were those that you were fellowship with and you say, my God, why are they here? They're not interested in fellowship. They're interested in attacking and tearing down leadership and devouring the sheep in the midst of the house of worship. Yes, they're those who have their own agenda. But it begins with your relationship with God Almighty, the God of all creation, heaven and earth. It begins with more than just an acknowledgement. It begins with intimacy to speak to the Father and be concerned about His will, plan and purpose for your life. There are needs, yes. We have needs. And when we go to the Father, have confidence that if you ask in such a way that puts His will above what you're seeking, then it will be as you have asked and prayed because it lines up with His will. God is never against His will. He's never against His word. He will perform his word because those are his promises. Those are his precepts. Those are his commands. It works in perfect kingdom harmony. There's no separation between heaven and earth. It flows. He's divine in the heavenly realm. He's divine in the earthly realm. He's divine in the universe. But it starts with our heart condition. We're talking about speaking to the mountain today. And many of the disciples were surely going to face death. And it was not a calm death. As some sleep away. It wasn't a sleep away type of death. It was going to be public. And it was meant to cause the believers pain and doubt. And to inflict terror in their heart. But these disciples were ready for it. Whatever came. Because their faith could not be shaken. And it started with not just an acknowledgement of God. It started with a belief in God. That is where we need to start. Do we really believe he is who he says he is? Do we believe in his promises? Do we believe in his truth? His righteousness? And are we okay with the fact that some of the times when we pray things, we will not see it in this lifetime? We will not see it being manifested. But that should not be a reason to doubt God for one second. And that he loves us and that he cares for us. And that his will and his plan is perfect for us. We don't know everything. We cannot even begin to know what is going to happen tomorrow. But God knows. And if you really believe that he loves you, cares for you, fights for you, 
your protector, your Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider. See, when you are able to associate the word my, then it shows relationship. It shows possession. Your faith is encompassed with God. And that is where it needs to be. And we can get there. Because God can open us up to have a relationship with him based on faith. That supernatural thing that we need. It has to be manifested. It has to exist. It has to. So that's the most important thing. Some of us are wondering why our prayers are not possibly happening. They haven't seemed to get any higher than our knees. Which is the position that a lot of us are praying in. It's causing them to be so earthly bound and not rising above the structure over our head. There's great examples here. The next one that it talked about is that you can't have a grudge against a person. Prayer is a form of worship. So God instructs us that if we're holding ought against someone, we need to go fix it. Before we present ourselves to him at the altar of prayer. We don't want things to hinder our fellowship with the Lord in prayer. So, we talked about Psalm 139 last week. And we looked at a couple of verses. And I'd like to bring that to your attention in case some of you weren't with us last week. And let's look at that. So we were in Psalm 139 and we looked at it verses, excuse me, we looked at verses 23 and 24. And the word of God says this again, I'm in the New King James Version. And the time is 333. Wow, look at God. Thank you, Lord. Verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. 24, and see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Our worship. Is. Everything we do. And we want to make sure. Especially. 
when it comes to prayer, the language that God instructs us to use to speak to him. That our heart is not wicked in any way. And when we're holding ought against a person, it shows up in many areas of our lives. Some of us are aware of it and some of us aren't. We can be very hurtful to people. We can be very closed off. And move in a a mode of judgment and accusations. And show up in people's lives as a prosecutor as opposed to an advocate. It's a big difference. So I encourage you, men and women of God. That before we begin our prayer, that we are confident that we are just not acknowledging God. That we know He is who He says He is and that His promises are real. And that His miracles, signs, and wonders are just as real as we are in a season called now. It's because of him that we have this opportunity. We didn't cause the opportunity ourselves. We must acknowledge that. And give honor where honor is due. Give glory where glory is due, give praise where praise is due. And God Almighty, the creator of all life, heaven and earth, is due all glory, all honor, and all praise. Yes, he is. So let's talk about our heart. It's a wonderful place to start with prayer. As King David did in Psalm 139. It was important. Because King David had a lot of enemies. And sometimes, men and women of God, we are so against our own selves. So if we are viewing ourselves as the enemy, let alone others, that must be addressed. Because we must be direct. God is an intentional God. If he says, let there be light, there's light. And not only is there light, he qualifies and he says it's good. We must be intentional. We must be purposeful. Direct. When we're praying to God, not rambling and mumbling, not vain repetition. We must take our prayer 
to another level. Clear, precise, humble, heartfelt, righteous, which means true, grateful, and thankful. It's important that we look at our heart and look at those that we are upset with, disappointed, have anger against. It could be a hindrance to your prayers. And three... We cannot be selfish in our prayers. It can't be about us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. And when we look at him as the model that he set up, the prayer model, it was about his father's will, not his own. He did nothing without the father. He always acknowledged that the father was the one that sent him. He said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying so fervently that he was sweating blood. And it was important then. He said, you know, if it could be any other way, paraphrasing, then let it be. If not, Father, let it be your will. Your will. He always acknowledged the Father. And it was important that it was the Father's will. Because I told you, God Almighty in heaven, our Heavenly Father, will not be against himself. There's no hypocrisy in his word. There's no division in his word. It's on one accord. The Old Testament harmonizes with the New Testament. It is a continuous testament of our Heavenly Father. It was spoken. And our Lord and Savior was manifested to fulfill the prophecy. Can you imagine God spoke the word? And our Lord and Savior is manifested for the purpose of salvation? Of true forgiveness and repentance? And to put sin to death? That it has no power over us? That we can have continuous fellowship with our God in heaven? When our King a King and our Lord of Lords, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to commune with the Holy Spirit, the Comforter and the Helper, how glorious and divine is that? And to be a receiver of His promises. Because he's a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Men and women of God, I exhort to you that this is the moment. 
This is the time. This is the place to get real about our prayer life. And it's not about reading scripture continuously without an acknowledgement and recognition and intimacy and a relationship and an action in your desire to be one with the Father in your life, in prayer, in your coming and going, in your waking, in your sleeping, in your eating, in your relations with others, in your home, in your houses of worship, in your workplace, in your school place, with your children, with your spouses, with your sisters, with your brothers, with your aunts, your uncles, grandparents and great-grandparents, with your neighbors, near and far, with your friends, and even with your enemies. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ prayed for his enemies. And he was sincere. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. He understood the obedience to God's word. He understood the obedience even in prayer. That it was about the Father. And not about him. Our prayers have to be about God's will. For our lives. God is. Shown us many times that He will supply our needs. Our needs and wants are two different things. We must not be selfish. Now is not the time to be selfish when you're intimately speaking to God and you're worshiping Him in the form of prayer. We must be mindful of that. God is not. Unaware of the human condition. But faith is about rising above that that's physical. Yes. Faith is something so much more. It's transcending. It's divinely supernatural. It's special. It's not... Like no other language. It has eternal consequences. Men and women of God. It's a divine gift. So be careful. In how you speak to the Lord. Concerning yourself. And the things that you want. See. God takes care of our needs. It's a difference. Needs and wants, it's a difference. And then it says that we must pray for the good of the kingdom of God. His kingdom. 
it's where we're living. It's where we aspire to be with him. This is a place where we're sojourning. We're passing through. It is not our final home or destination. But wherever we are, we've been given a stewardship, if you will. And we will be held accountable for those things that have been entrusted to us by God Almighty. And you've been entrusted with some things. Very much so. So, we want to make sure that speaking to the mountain, we have encompassed these things. Again, number one, we must be a believer. Number two, we must not hold grudges against another person. We must not pray with selfish motives and for our requests needs to be for the good of the kingdom of God because that is our faith personified to always keep our heavenly father front and center of our prayers and to tap into his will and his plan For our lives. And then our prayers will shift. In their focus. And it will teach us. How to wait on the Lord. To be patient. And to know. That he would not withhold one good thing for us. He wouldn't hold it. He wouldn't withhold it from us. No, he wouldn't. When we put him first. And to remember that we need to concentrate on not being deceived because when we are lazy about deception, And it will come a lot in the spiritual realm. There will be false teachers and preachers that will be preaching doctrines that are heresy. And then people get upset about the scriptures and they want to challenge the scriptures. And what they want to do is challenge God's word. Because a false preacher or teacher explained to them about a doctrine that has no place in the kingdom of God. It's not anything that God instructed. And there are those who will manipulate scripture. They will try to present it in a way that uh, it's not being rightly exegeted. Isegeted is their opinion. But exegeted is what God wants us to get out of it. It's God's will. It's a difference. And all those who say they are called by God are not necessarily called by God. There are many who will say they are mothers and fathers. And yes, they have physically uh, produced a child in the DNA 
of them exist in that child. But they don't parent the child. So it's a difference. And we have to understand that when God is having someone operate, they come with spiritual authority from him. And we know what his spiritual authority looks like because we can see it in his word from Genesis to Revelation. And God is righteous. He doesn't play favorites. A pastor operating as a believer is still a child of God. He does not have any special honor that he can deceive you. No, God does not give anybody authority to deceive his children. That is not of God. So I encourage you to be like the Bereans. And they were special to God because they listened to what was being preached, what was being taught. And then they took that and they went back to God's word and they searched the scriptures to make sure that what that person was presenting lined up with scripture. It was truly the word of God. So sometimes our faith is weakened and diminished in capacity because we are hanging on to a person as opposed to God's word. It's the season for false preachers and teachers. They are among us. The book of James says they have crept in among us. Know that they're here. But you have a responsibility based on your relationship with God to examine yourselves. We have to wash our dishes and we have to care for them. Properly store them. So when we need them, they'll be there and we can use them again. Speaking to the mountain requires that we do some things. And we cannot allow other people to do it for us. God created us individually. Even those who came as twins or triplets or other multiple births, they are still individual So we need to address our faith individually. We need to make sure that we are having a faith checkup. Bring your faith and lay it bare in front of the master physician. And allow God, our almighty God, 
the creator of all life, heaven and earth, reveal to you the areas that need to be addressed. After all, he is a healer and a deliverer. And if you want your faith to be able to coincide with God's will, then as a believer, you should be able to take godly instruction in his word. Do it for yourself. Do it for your household. Do it for your community. Do it for your house of worship. Do it for your neighbors, those in your workplace. Even do it for your enemies. Examine your faith. We are concluding a four-part series that we have done on faith. It has been a real pleasure and an honor to minister to you about faith. Because in ministering to you, I get ministered to as well. So I'm honored and blessed that the Holy Spirit uh, guided and instructed me to share this with you. It's important, men and women of God. 2020 is upon us. And our prayer life needs to become truly a blessing. Not only to us, but pleasing to our Heavenly Father and to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And confirmed by the Holy Spirit. We love you. God bless you. And as we say here, save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 33 5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs.